the ninth merry day of Warhorse Christmas. As mentioned, reassigned by the Bureau to my old beat, if you will. I was given I was given the opportunity, let's say, to uh, test out the Warhorse on my way over to uh, stake out once more authentic Mexican dishes. And I, you know how, if you're a man, you, you will understand if I say to you, there's a body language that happens on the road with drivers. Once again, I can hear T-Bone cackling somewhere off in the uh, psychosphere. Admiringly or disparagingly. We don't know for sure. I don't even know that he knows for sure. But it's true, okay? And this, I mentioned this, you know, to my wife, and this seemed to be sort of a, an esoteric observation. <clears throat> so in my, uh, I'm in the War Horse. For those of you who are new, this is a 2012 turbocharged Dodge Ram 3500, 350, 411 ass end. The biggest, baddest that you could get from the factory. The uh, muffler was removed. The whole air system was basically reconfigured and um, decoys, fakes, were installed so that you can still get through DEQ. And my MM3 tuner. Check this out. I'll hit the air. Settles into 699 to about 702 RPMs. It will really never... You have a few options, the way you can set up the menu, you know. But when this thing was handed out to me, I was basically told, do not ever, literally don't, you know, the kit, like, whatever you do, don't hit that fucking button. Do not explore the other four basic configurations that you can tune this into. So I haven't. I have no need for it. You never really 
shift. It shifts at about 15 to 1700. Even on with you know, 30,000 pounds loaded down, um, it just goes. And everyone who's ever sat in that passenger seat has remarked on how much fucking juice is in this thing. Um, it's true. Of course, no, it's not an it's not an Audi. That's not the point. An Audi can't do what this bitch can do. Anyway, so that's the intro. Uh, to the podcast novel namesake. I'm on my way over to adopt the position. I see a low rider off in my passenger side mirror. I get the body language immediately, you know. And then once you get, this is confirmed at every juncture. You see the rest of the vehicle, you see the stickers, you see the shit that's in the back of the bed, you see the driver, the tinted windows, fuzzy dice, whatever. It's always all, it's just all there. And isn't it, isn't it pathetic, you know, how much identity is placed into this thing? I think we take it for vent, take it for granted, which is why I, I never miss an opportunity to direct readers to Virilio and this notion of some sort of addiction to speed, addiction to mounting the beast. I think he goes crazy when he gets into the Freudian shit. I, I, I just do. I don't. I don't know how you. How you have it? You know, you can speculate all you want, but. And, a lot of that French stuff is just. It's designed to to grab your attention. It's not. It's not like he's gonna die on his own fucking hill for the most part. Anyway. The dude in the lowrider gives me all indications, you know, and then you're familiar with this game as well where. People don't, I'm in the, I should say, I'm in the far left lane on like a three lane, I guess it's like a boulevard they have in these big cities. It's, uh, there's a lot of traffic moving through there, Um, but it's not a freeway, it's nothing like that. You know, there's stoplights. But there's this, a certain passive aggression that will attend folks with who are presenting, you know, a certain identity. Like, yeah, I'm bad. Okay. So, you know what's going to happen. You can either kind of force, you can control your lane You can move up so that the dude that's in front of him in the next lane to my right, you know, we sort of pin him in. Or I can give him enough space. But what I like to do is just skip all this sort of shit and just go immediately to obnoxious. I like to get, I like to let him get right next to me. And then when the cars in front of us take off, I like to wait until somebody like this hits the gas because inevitably you know it's whatever they fucking do with those mufflers so it's loud and obnoxious and then I just like to 
let the war horse work a little bit. Maybe even in block time, it's still the little things. I don't know. Anyway, I come to you as always heavily armed. The last man, as far as I know, anywhere in the world who daily carries a Sig Sauer 230. That's right, 380. I don't usually even carry an extra magazine. I will. I mean, there's fucking nine of them laying around, but I do carry two knives as well. I cannot do the war horse without a beverage and snooze. Today, I was lucky enough to paw through the fridge and find the ingredients for one of the finest cocktails possible. I mean, so refreshing, nutritious, peaty, as they say. Yeah, it's definitely peaty. That is sparkling water, flavored or not, doesn't matter and orange juice high quality orange juice not concentrate let me let me share this with you mm. i mean man is that good <sighs> simply orange juice do you think they would sponsor the warhorse LaCroix. I mean, I don't know who they are. I just kind of hit the scene recently. I'm not a, I'm not a big uh, LaCroix fan. I think this is the second one I've had, but <laughs> works fine for me. Man, when you hit the... It's just 50-50 for the most part. When you hit that combination right, effervescent, <sighs> invigorating, truly incredible beverage. I should say it's something, yeah, it's like 60 degrees here. Rained the other day. So, if you're like me, you're wondering what the fuck were you talking about, Andy, in the last episode? I'm going to tell you. We're going to pick up right where we left off. And then we're going to jump over to a little Dave Gilmore and some boomer talk if I can remember to do it. In this space that you have worked so assiduously, so such an arduous road you have taken to bring about the cultivation and not just the cultivation, the, the protection of, you know, the, ah, the sorge, the care for your ecology, your basket of practices. Now, speaking of Tebow, uh, who I'm sure will be visiting us on the War Horse in coming months, you know, season three is going to be fucking hot, right around the corner. It's going to be better than uh, True Detective season three, I guarantee you that much. No offense, Nick. We all know you're, you know, far better writer than anyone. I mean, that novel, bro, I put King of Dogs up against that any fucking day. But let's be honest. It's not your, you know, your your main uh, mode. 
And I don't want to compete with you. I want to work with you. I think Nick Nick Pizzolatto's a pretty darn good guy. From all... uh, He follows fucking Clay Martin on Twitter. Did you know that? That says a lot. I think that the guy and I could probably... uh, What do you call the the orange juice sparkling water cocktail? I think that he and I could have a kickback, a couple of those. Share some general snooze. That's right, General Snooze. I work for free. I have for three years. That's all I will partake of is General Snooze. Maybe I should go to the outlet for my snooze to pitch them the idea of Warhorse sponsorship. I go to snoozecentral.com. It's a Swedish outfit. And honestly, their service, the, sh- the shipping is fucking pricey, but, you know, what are you going to do? Start your own snooze company? Eh, well, not a bad idea. We need mad startup cap- capital. Incidentally, um, T-Bone, that's where we, we left the road. Does T-Bone have to do with anything? Well, maybe it'll come back to me. The important part is this marginal space between the numinous, the nuosphere, the organic network, psychosphere there's your Nick Pizzolatto reference still the back brain is still digging for what the fuck T-Bone has to do with any of this pardon me it'll come to me okay sorry I got a text message Everything's in, in flux, boys. You feel it? That's why it's free. Okay. This space is populated with Logoi. And Logoi, the Logos, these are esoteric notions, right? But we're talking, we always have been, been speaking of esoteric survivalism. I know, I know. I, I, have, the, I have the wacky notion that in a podcast novel, anything goes. You can throw everything the fuck in there. I can talk to you about the three Latina chicks that are walking out right now of authentic Mexican food, getting into your absolutely atypical white four-door sedan. Or the weird dude just parked in his crossover next to me, sort of blankly staring into space. Or Sig Sauer, who will never sponsor me, but... That pistol was made for me. Well, you know, I told you, yes, I will roll out with two pistols. The other one is always going to be Glock 34 with a Surefire 300 on the front. That's the one I really learned on. That's, it's not because of whatever. It's just a phenomenal fucking pistol. So is the 230. Back to the point, right? 
Logoi is is thrown about in your 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 orthodox discussions, your your deep, you know, esoteric Christianity discussions, but it's never really fleshed out. I think Jay Dyer is is done the most to sort and all he really did was allude to the potential for there being some relationship with the union notion of archetypes. There may be something there. That was really it. And those were honestly, I don't know. I, I should be, I, I do like Jay. Um, but those were his best episodes in my opinion. Way back before he, he blew up. I don't know what he's done. So that's just the best episodes I've heard. His shit on the Globalist uh, book series is fan-fucking-tastic too. You don't even have to read them. A lot of the conclusions, I don't know, dude. Nobody knows. But I want to suggest to you that the Logoi, this no, the much, much more is sitting there. And as you ha- you develop these practices, once again, for the new folks, I advocate something like breath work, something like meditation, something like um, emotion practice. I think you need a martial component. And on top of this, you need an act of power. Is that four or five? I think that's five. The act of power, it, it honestly does not matter. Mine happens to be the absolute mastery of the electric guitar in the Mark Knopfler finger style. Style. Yep, there you go. You knew that. I told you that two years ago. I know for a fact that the act of power somehow... Okay, it, it is a mysterious process. It, it could be tinkering, you know, it could be um, building motorcycles. It could be building an earthen oven in your backyard and developing, I don't know, like the perfect sourdough recipe and then you know, oven baking pizzas uh, for your neighbor. I don't, I have no fucking clue. I really don't think it matters. I think it, well, we'll go into it at another time. It does matter, but it's the sorge that fucking matters. You know what I mean? And so you got to pick based on what you know about yourself. And so you're not just going to walk into this and be like, I don't know, bird watching looks good. It doesn't really happen like that. It's, this is what Castaneda is talking about over the course of 12 fucking books, you know? Couched in uh, the vernacular of an anthropologist and shamanism, I suppose. But this is not in any way, okay, here is another place to start appropriating. White people in general seem to have this idea like, well, we're not that. What the fuck are you then? You know, you'll turn around and get kicked in the nuts and told that, well, uh, Germanic people were living in, I don't know, like hide huts or something up, up until the 1300s, which is, you know, maybe some of them were. I don't give a fuck. But That is that distinction, that compartmentalization, the acquiescence to this is 
forever. I mean, I'm almost convinced that the only way that you could reasonably and responsibly manage compartmentalization is by developing your absolute personal individual system. We are stuck in deploying these categories to facilitate communication, mostly on the on the internet, frankly. Nobody gives a shit at the gym or the fucking grocery store what you do or don't know. It's just a, maybe a quick way to telegraph that you're not retarded. Okay, well, is the other guy as smart as you? Did you really need to telegraph that? I mean, what did you accomplish with that? Probably nothing. Consider again the last, the last book that the master leaves us. Stella Morris and the Passenger. Early on in the season, right? You always weave the beginning of the idea in so that you can pull it out at the end. If you introduce the gun in the first... You hear that? That's that what I'm talking about. That's auto body language. Auto, the body language of the automobile. In the first act, you know, you hang the gun on the wall. You better use it by the third act, okay? So we're using it. I didn't even know how I was going to use it. I kind of did, but anyway. These dreamlike passages are, to me, pointing us to this marginal space, okay, between... Um, the edges of of block time, which you can ex- you know you can explore in all kinds of different ways: meditation, exercise, walking, definitely breath work, all sorts of shit. My boys like to do this thing where they shake their heads back and forth. You know, I remember I used to like to spin around. It's a completely one hundred percent natural, normal thing. If you're clamping down on your boys when they're under seven, you know, you're likely just a big bag of shit. Now, granted, are they learning how constantly? Or am I riding them four hundred and fucking fifty times a day on yes, sir, yes, ma'am? Uh, yeah, you bet your ass I am. You bet your ass that those boys are gonna have that down. Man, what talk about sorge? Talk about a dicey business. Talk about like a staggering work of heartbreaking genius. Not that I'm, you know, I'm not suggesting I'm pulling that off or that I'm a genius in this regard at all. But that's what it is, man. And so there's a good way to apl- to approach from it. I don't think that can be your active power. Okay. I'll try to make a practice of dropping these uh, constellation, right? Build out the fence, the circumscription of, well, what is the act of power? Because you you absolutely fucking need it. And it is that. It's uh, a lodestar within the constellation of the individual system of value. If you were going to step off into the void, this is what you need. If we're going to go another 400 years and pretend that, you know, working in the Gurdjieff groups is going to get us there and one of, I mean, 
and or you know well in the end it just doesn't really matter i'll make it no one else will no okay one of the items laying there and we will relate this to the passenger okay is something like the squad manor bund whatever the fuck you want to call it it's evident when you study the ancient practice that augustine is alluding to wow there's a muslim lady pulling out next to me there's a mexican cowboy going into authentic cuisine there's a red-headed uh, like man woman walking i mean there's a truck with rudolph nose and antlers the fuck are we man if it weren't for these specific details you know i there's no tonality the tonality is how you're going to know you're you're there what do i mean are you really saying yeah dude that's what i'm really really saying i am really saying that your absolute adherence it was born out of fear your absolute adherence to this idea that the next world the other world the, the, the totality of potential worlds is not already not just right next door and all these you know these it's difficult yes to come up with words the best I can say is it's overlaid within. It's already amongst you. It's already here in front of you. One of the benefits of psychedelics is that you do go so far and you, and you come back to this familiar. You come back and you realize, you, okay, I'm back. What does that mean to be back? And what does it mean to think about the place that I just was? Because that, every report will tell you, that seemed more real than what I am back in. Now, much of this derealization and anti-personalization or whatever that you, and I have experienced this many times. I didn't you know, have the internet, so I couldn't um, make a fucking, I don't know, GoFundMe about it or you know, get anybody to cry for me. I just fucking trucked on like every other dude that was around then. The pussy thing doesn't just have to do with getting laid, dude. It is the essence of your being. Being a giant pussy or not is the essence of your being. Being a fat fuck that makes compromises is the essence of your being. And you cannot get to this place and you cannot pick up these tools that I'm alluding to. The Logoi. The Logoi is not just archetypes. Yes, Jay Dyer's right. That's part of it. And adopting these is not just as simple as, I mean, it may be. Uh, I think that the Christian technology has ways of picking up certain alternate identities. There's a reason why you take on a saint. There's a reason why the liturgy is forever. It's occurring right now. Okay, so you have a beautiful, you have two. Okay, you have Philip K. Dick and you have the fucking Orthodox liturgy telling you the exact same thing, that there's a central explosion in time in being itself and we we orbit this and worlds the the hinterwelter the backworlds man <coughs> pardon me get a little bit of sip of this beverage before i lose every train of thought mm, this is a particularly good cocktail because of that it's got like the essence it's not really the, the water part has sort of like a lavender thing going. Mm. 
I still can't remember what T-Bone has to do with any of this. I, I imagine he's going to text me midstream serendipitously and explain it. Uh, no, I don't know. He did actually text me. I'll have to get back to him on that. Tomorrow's my birthday, by the way. So I'm getting a few text messages as this goes. Do you know, what do you want for dinner? Uh, I have the same thing every year. I have lox, bagels, cream cheese, capers. And I want a pie. I want my mom, my wife, Norma from the R&R, somebody to make me a real goddamn pie with no Crisco. Organic ingredients, and I want to eat about half of it. And I got into the lox and bagels thing when I was a kid because I saw Nick Nolte. Um, you remember that movie? Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Richard Dreyfus. Talk about one of the greatest actors of all time, Nick fucking Nolte. I don't give a shit. I know he's kind of wacky and he's maybe sold out here or there, but. And in what a life he's lived, you know, but. I like Nick Nolte. Always have. Always will. I think Nick Nolte would approve of the War Horse. Do you? Yeah. I mean, look at his face. Talk about War Horse. Jesus. So... The act of power, we'll pick up that thread and then we'll move back to uh, this margin, the tools, the weaponry. I think that it can only be, again, pointed to. It reveals itself. I think that a lot of the, if you you read sort of, not Hallmarkian, but there's a great book called uh, Zen Guitar, I think, which is just 150 pages of basically zen-like aphorisms that you can apply to your guitar practice. It's something like that, but this this artsy language, you know, that's kind of like, well, it's not... Um, it's not really the medium. It, it's what the artist does. This is a clue. A pretty decent clue. What does the artist do? Ah. Uh, that uh, many, 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 whatever, whatever you fucking want. And I think the bolder, the more ambitious, the more backworldsman that you can be, the farther out you're going to have to go and the farther out you're going to be drawn and the greater satisfaction awaits. Make sense? You want to be on the top 40, you might as well just go I don't know, just go, uh, just go fuck yourself, frankly. I mean, absolutely fucking retarded. You want to get rich? Go fuck yourself. Absolutely fucking retarded. Listen to what we're talking about here. Now, you could do those things as a step to something else. See? 
There is no way to close it off. There's, it's, oh, it's, at, it, you cannot, that's why it's power. You cannot fucking stop it. That's why you can't just approach the thing and be like, well, I think I'm going to hybridize a certain set of trees and when that's done, I'm done. No, you cannot be done. Or it is not an act of power. Episode 8 of every fucking season should tell you that. Wait, are you, are you actually managing the total structure of this? Yes. Yes, that's really happening. This whole project adheres to, uh, I don't know what the, uh, the Torah or whatever Talmud says about numerology. I don't care. But there's a few numbers that are important. Now, in this space, let's lay, let's lay a brick here. Camp 38. We've talked about this 10 fucking times. I've had James Bowery on. He'll be back again. What is described in this idea of laying down firearms, laying down your friends, laying down all of these things, except fucking cordage and a knife and going into a certain uh, natural space? You know, I always think of like, it's state parks in Kentucky are very different than state parks in Oregon, for example. But it needs to be sizable. Maybe when James comes on again, we'll discuss like, well, what, you know, very terrain. A national or state park in like the Everglades is going to be very different than something in Wyoming. The immersion into nature is critical. The tools that you get, you get the knife less than 10 inches and you face this man and the consequences are. In some way, this is, can we call it like a bundled technology? Yeah, maybe. Could we call it a ritual? Definitely. Could we call it a bit of the logoi? Well, what would that mean? That would mean an an a structure of order, natural, organic, God-given, not to be argued with, uh, unless you want to, you know, at your own fucking folly. There are many of these We can we can substantiate the case, okay? Something like that. Something like the notion behind Camp 38, which is... The implications go all the way to the core of your being. They go outwards in the other direction. If... Had we gone that road, if we could go that road, will you go that road? To order all of the society... In the book, it's couched in a sort of segregated society in a slightly different time under various narrative auspices, right? To imagine implementing something like this now in block time results immediately in, you know, um, you're fucking crazy, it's a cult, uh, 
you know, people don't want to die. How's it all work? Why would it work? All this sort of shit. When people are talking around collapse, uh, civilizational collapse, what have you, you hear this thing, well, I, uh, you know, I read my John D. Rockefeller. What I know is that in times of crisis, there's great opportunity, okay? And for those of us who have squirreled away enough nuts, I plan to fucking prosper. Yeah. What do you think about that, bitch? I got a fucking Springfield SD. I got buckets of fucking dehydrated cube chicken. And I got some other stuff that I'm not going to talk about right now. <sighs> For the love of Christ, how fucking hard is this to realize that your fucking soul is in play? Does it ever fucking occur to these tiny, pitiful fucking creatures? I swear to Christ, the reason that feminism took over is because they're the only ones that will utter things like, my one precious life. That dipshit bimbo is correct, you stupid fuck. This is your one fucking life. That's it. Your one magic life. Like all the little gay trappings that they apply to this, monetize, and then take fucking from you or whoever else. Slip through. Years pass, and the opportunity to build something like an act of power is fucking pissed away. One of the best things about Castaneda is one of the best things as well about Cormac McCarthy. You know they're living in a particular world and they are the heroes. Not because, you know, is Moss really that special of a guy? No. John Grady Cole is. Is the kid? No, not really. Is the judge? Well, that motherfucker might be, you know, an agent of destiny himself. We don't entirely know. How do you even begin to categorize the judge? I don't, I'm not going to. But you know when other characters come through, they're living in an adjacent dream. They're living in an adjacent narrative. The, f the flow of this narrative, meta-narrative discussion, um, this theme in the gift of the 12 days of War Horse, right? brings you to this area of the creator and the created, you know, the dream and the dreamer, the confrontation with the self, the multiplicity. It, it comes down to this choice, you know. The world wants to know who the fuck you are. Much of the work of like the agents of materialism, the technocrats, whatever this thing is that really kicked off in 9-11, went into surveillance, went into, you know, altering uh, 
the entire our architecture, the superstructure of Western civilization. It really, it really uh, pivots, you know, on this, on this choice. Are you going to hide and be quiet? Like I keep fucking saying from my coach. What are you going to do when they double team you? Well, coach, I I guess I'll pass because there's a guy open, right? That's what they want, dipshit. What if they triple team you? Well, then I definitely am going to pass because there's two fucking guys open, right? That's what they want, you fucking dipshit. How good are you? Does Stephon Curry fucking pass? No, he steps out seven more feet from the three-point line and fucking hits. The absolute balls to live that way. It takes no balls to buy a vehicle. It takes no balls to open up a fucking franchise. It takes no balls even to have children. It takes balls to fucking... face all of this. And find a way to... You hear this too, like, oh, I'm going dark. I'm going quiet. Because you're a fucking faggot. You're not waiting for him to stack up at the door, bro. You're waiting to hand your shit over. You're waiting to get old for you to have an excuse. You're waiting for your fucking ankle to blow. Why do I think that? Because I have been watching this jive shit on, you know, like I have, imagine I have a little TV over in my house somewhere. It's just on and I pass through the room and check it. It's about the level of interest that I take in the push-pull world. And once you get the pattern, it's still pretty boring. Election season, what's going to happen? I don't know. Let me guess. They put one more fucker in who's bought off and sold and fucking uh, sells you down the river? I just (laughs) fucking guess. Uh, Maybe. Not this time. Patriots in charge. Patriots in charge. Okay. Back to our theme and the thread. It all converges right here, okay? In the passenger, these moments of dream splicing where whatever the fuck the main character is, right? I forget it. Western, Bobby Western. And his sister, Alice. Is she Stella Morris? Pretty clearly. Is this some sort of allusion to maybe archetypes within us as individuals? Because Stella Morris is Mary, right? Yeah, dude, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what the fuck it is. He didn't, and if he tells you that's not what it is, it's still what it is. He's not going to hand it to you because he knows, talk about an act of power. This is what McCarthy is. He cannot get up with Lawrence Krauss and say, dude, obviously there's a fucking God. He's just going to jive the guy on. He's 90 fucking five years old and he doesn't give a shit. He has played this game his entire life life. There was no point where he sold out. Oh my God, we've got to pause one second. For the love of Christ, I won't really pause. I'll just do this on the fly.
where Bobby and Alice are in this quarry and they are enacting. There's no explanation for why. There's no explanation. Is it a dream? Is it a, a, a remembered dream? Did it actually happen? Is it a re, is it a, re, a memory? Right? Is it something beyond even that? They're in a quarry and they are enacting. I don't know. It's like Antigone or Sophocles or something like this. Uh, something only that super genius nerds would ever fucking think to do. That's not, you know, who cares? That's not realism. Is that what it is? McCarthy's still playing with realism? No, dude. No. These times where they're in this quarry, you know, you can see it. I mean, it's incredible. From a craft level, how McCarthy works it in. My contention to you is that that is a snapshot out of somebody's mind who, McCarthy's, he has pulled this in, processed it what, however he does, and placed this before you, and it's this marginal space. That story, the reenactment of it, is itself a type of I'm, okay, so I'll be a little careful. I don't want to sh shit on the Orthodox, of which I am one. It functions in the same way that the liturgy functions, in that it is outside of time, beyond time, yet it is accessible. Getting caught up in all that shit. How? What? What are you talking about? This is the preoccupation of... The non-consequential, frankly. The the other characters wandering past John Grady Cole. The other... Do I... You know, I don't claim... I do sort of claim, but... I am a sinner too, you know? So I have to say, do I claim some sense of superiority? Well, I know in the absolute sense that that has to be false, but do I... Yeah, I absolutely... That's how I, That's how I view it. But I also know that I'm not the fucking dreamer. It's not possible. Am I one fragment of such dream? Well, yeah, that's possible. All kinds of things are now possible. Once I pick up the tools in the marginal space. Of, of which there are many. And of, these are the cornerstones that we would that would be brought back okay let's go back to our shamanism idea eject from our minds this reductionist scientific sort of well i'm i'm surveying i'm trying to be objective and just report what i find you know no 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 Consider for a minute that people just like you and probably, well, one for a known fact, uh, like 10 to 100 times tougher and more capable and fucking hardier and more cunning and tuned into the organic network than you and me. Okay, that's who you're dealing with right now. Are they smarter than you? I, what does that really even mean? 
the data that you take in, it's listening, you know, staring at the fucking screen. What about the data that the dude takes uh, looking 50 feet down into the crystal river that, that floats by and evaluating the fish that he's going to take? Uh, which is which? The data, you know, the absolute pixelization of uh, what the human brain can compute. On acid? Did you eat acid? You didn't. Okay, let me fill you in on this. While we know that certain areas of the brain actually slow down, the, per the experience is of Kodachrome, right? Paul Simon. Kodachrome, give us those nice bright colors. Give us the dreams of sun. What he's saying is exactly what it is. Um, there's tons of them that are, you know, I like to take the, the more street version. Mm -mm -mm, looking out my back door. That too is a kind of normal dude. It's not Grace Slick. It's not fucking Jerry Garcia or something, you know, blowing it into vast proportions. I like that too. I'm not denigrating it. But I'm just saying, uh, the world... The valve, uh, you know, of perception, it, that may be not the right exact configuration of how to look at it, but the engagement into being, they're not even close, dude. Nobody reports back that they're the same or close or anything. I'm looking at a fat man in a fucking driver's cap with a belly hanging out, going over to his GMC Z whatever, with a hot dog in one hand. He's got the Canadian tuxedo on the outside. Forgot his fucking keys, of course. Thought the goddamn door was locked. This is just, I'm just telling you. He's digging through his shit. Gonna drop the hot dog and the fucking Coke here on the ground. He's got one of these little ponytails and stick. Oh, got the door. Okay. Now I just gotta re ass myself into this fucking dirty thing and probably, uh, just, probably just a snack before dinner. You tell me, bro. Authentic Mexican food dishes or um, you don't even need to actually go through and talk to the trees but when you realize that you could right now I'm in a place where I could talk to the tree is fucking talking the tree wants to talk the little plant the little plant outside of some random lady's apartment it wants to talk the concrete is alive Forget about the sky. Forget about the ocean. I mean, if we could go back and dose some of these guys, what would have been possible? I don't know. So, recurring to these guys. Who have worked out, there is a power to ritual. There is something like sacred time that is outside of block time. They don't have block time yet because the two are so close. The demiurge seems to have not yet quite cleaved these worlds in the way that it's cleaved now. In the, you're talking about, you know, the value of the human soul. Of what value is it uh, to you now?
what these men did, and women, was to get together in small groups and essentially dream together with the use of music, with the use of hallucinogenic and other types of psychotropic compounds. Music and these, these were always there. And somebody like Orpheus, legend, when we're told he goes into the underworld, we're still told, consider just that basic fact, okay? We're still told that. That's still, that was 5,000 years ago. 5,000 years ago. Well, nerds along the way, you know, supported it. There's probably all kinds of other shit uh, stacked up in those various uh, Indiana Jones vaults and such. Yeah, I bet there is. Were they all just believing that he did that and kind of hoping that he had worked it out? And that, that what? Why? Why would that have been of value? Did they have more leisure time? You could you could sit here for another five thousand years and come up with convincing arguments for for that contemporary moment to to move everybody again through the cycle, get the herd into the shoot. Bag them, tag them, nut them, move them back out into the field and fatten them the fuck up, and then you know the rest of the story. I think that what they tended to do was to communicate somehow through music, communicate somehow through a thing closer to the Characteristica Universalis which is E.O. Whiteley, again, right? Um, NASA scientist. Well, essentially, this does all come down to cymatics and waveforms. Okay, thank you. So I don't need to, um, you know, parse this ground much more. I, I have probably buffered, buffered my own whatever, you know, reputation or sanity enough that... Um, those that will go will go and those that will fall fall at some point in these ceremonies I think that they were repeated you know I think that they built up to something seasonally and that they attempted to eject like launch somebody uh, a hero into the world that they had dreamed in beyond the perimeter and when this happened you know in Encounters, uh, this Pasolka book, she mentions this curious case that actually gave rise to Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, and all that, about a dude, a kid, who was having these dreams that someone was trying to kill him in his dream. And uh, apparently this dude did kill him in his dream. He, This kid died, and his parents later reported that this was the case, and there was no, you know, no fuckery on Earth. There was... I watched all the Freddy Krueger movies, and I never heard. They didn't really need to, you know. I didn't necessarily buy into it. One of the benefits that you do have as a child of the screen, with your blown-out central nervous system, and mine too, is when I refer to this notion of demons, like, you have 10 trillion examples of how to handle that. You have 10 trillion examples, 10 trillion, I know, I'm exaggerating, but you have 10,000 examples 
of how to close the door or open it, how to manage it. But you don't want to manage it. What everybody wants is for one, somebody else to fucking solve this and then someone to blame for it when it's not solved. That's it. If you have entered, you've wagered your soul into that particular gambit, that game, can you explain to me um, how you come out on top? Because I don't fucking see it. I don't see it in posterity. I don't see it in the castles that you build. I do not see it. I see from the retard end of the spectrum through the mid into the Jedi genius a panoply, a cornucopia, a vast index, variegated excuses all coming back to those two options just mentioned. Well, if someone else will do it, that'd be good. And if not, as long as I have someone to blame, then that's fine. Once you have picked up the ecology of practices, you are safe. You're safe. You have to test it to gain faith. The world is trying to discover what you are. That's what serendipity is. But if you don't gather enough power, that's inertia. That's the constancy that tells the world, well, I'm not a fucking coward. I'm willing to walk into uncertainty. The margin is already there. There's nothing you need to do. You just need to start watching. It's right fucking there. The pitfalls don't end. The the baggage, you know, the sins that you carry forward. The need for purgation and repentance, if these are your terms. And those terms apply, once again, to Augustine. Way before, way after. This meteor of Christ into time ripples in all directions. I don't think that many priests, modern, I think that Origen knew that. I think that Clement knew that. I think that various others, even outside, for sure outside orthodoxy, got this idea. These are just sort of obvious implications of the story told. You can tell the story of Scrooge a ton of different ways, right? I like the Donald Duck version. Bill Murray version's okay. At that margin, my suggestion is to you to... Take your, take your sweet-ass time and start looking into your past for what the act of power is. Because I said it's power, it's infinite. So it has been not only waiting for you, you've already entertained it. It entertained you. When? 
Well, probably back when you were without the mold, when you were the face of God to somebody else, as McCarthy put it. At that moment, the ocean of sorrow opens. At that moment, you're Bobby Western on the fucking oil rig. Nobody's there. Nobody. Somebody should be here. Seems like somebody's here, in fact. But I can't find them. My wife wants to know, Chinese for dinner? Would you like anything? No, I don't mind eating that shit. She tells me there's one burger left from last night and a bunch of chicken wings. Good, I'll eat that. My other friend simply sends a picture of the river in answer to my question. Call you in 15? No, no, dude. I'm on the river. <laughs> Understood. So, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned, right? Tomorrow is my birthday. Tomorrow is my birthday. I guess I'll try and... Did I throw one out? I think I'll put this one out today. The 23rd. It'll probably be time after those chicken wings. But I need to uh, swing back here, away from the margin. Because I have brought you into the margin, friend. Didn't I? I think I did. That's some warhorse value for you there. And buff, yeah, not buffer, what's the word? Um, cushion. We want to cushion ourselves in some, some Bolaño... Uh, for some people evidently you know it's Chinese for other people it's uh, authentic Mexican dishes for me it's the dull factoid in in a certain dose and I actually have I know can you believe it I have already pulled up here for you the David Gilmore Wikipedia page. Just a few, a few things to note here. Um, once again, we know he's English. Forty-six. When was Knopfler born? Yeah, I've got it pulled up too. Forty-nine. Okay. Uh, I don't. I'm not a huge... I am a huge Dave Gilmore fan. If you ever kind of scratch the surface with very, very, like, really great players, almost always there's a little cozy nook in that... in that player for David Gilmore. If you really even do a cursor you do one of the you know all these interviews as mentioned the guitar is this curious thing this is not a yo-yo man this is not a fucking hula hoop same era right it's not a bicycle it's not a computer it's not coding it's not it's not weaponry it is weaponry it's all of these things 
but kind of in some way the best of them it's its own thing you will say it like Nico Case said it guided by wires essentially this song it's a great song check it out put it on your Spotify Nico Case guided by wires kills she's saying she she was helped along in her life by those people who taught her to sing the voices that she emulated this is what guitar players do as well I'm sure that piano play, I don't have time in this one lifetime right to really get into multiple instruments but no doubt this is how it happens for them as well you develop your own Dave Gilmore you develop your own Mark Knopfler your own Kelly Joe Phelps whoever and then you and it, you know, not everybody there I have run into a few people who are just like that's it that's all I I don't need it they're like these little replicas uh, and they spend their whole lives just kind of enjoying that which is, strikes me as completely bad shit but for for the most part great players who have moved on and found as they say like Nico says their own voice this and here you have again McCarthy all books the dirty fact is that all books come from other books you wonder with with Gilmore I'm sure that you've listened to Pink Floyd right what you may not understand necessarily is that this both is and isn't an improviser what I believe happens is that he enters into the act of power he enters into the zone with his tools his weaponry and you develop pieces ideas parts riffs what have you whatever they're called can you imagine if we pause here that such an approach could be applied to many 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 different things yeah I mean you've seen these cretins in uh, Silicon Valley or whoever do every possible thing to uh, like adapt this language did it get them anywhere no because there's no fucking actual act of power there's no actual power there how do I know this I think it would be a whole other episode now I have standing in front of me the old ass lady with short gray hair and a, and a sort of a trench coat picking up something off the ground and lighting a cigarette is that a dude I don't know just wandering in the parking lot smoking a cigarette not a bum just some random ass yelling at the car next door the reason I asked this question about can you really stuff a guitar into a rock like Excalibur no 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 you can't but there it would seem to me to be multiple reasons beyond yeah yeah we all like demographics we all like like resource based um, 
explanations for why. If the question is, why did this very special sort of smallish, big enough to, to make you question it though, group of British guitar players take these places in like the canon, you know, in the pantheon. Knopfler, Keith Richards you have to put in there, Peter Green, do you know who Peter Green is? Gilmore, Clapton. You're probably naming a few that I'm that I'm missing. There's a there's a bunch of them, um, and they're all from within like a five year period of their birth. The best explanation in terms of demographics and you know. Uh, material motion or something like that that you know, I've heard is that they were somewhat isolated from other forms of music and they were limited in the, the books that they had. Apparently there was like two famous books if you throw them around. If Knopfler throws his out to Gilmore, he's like, yeah, I had that same one. And they all kind of listened to the same American records. Okay, pretty fair. But Americans had all those books. And all the techniques in those books were available in other forms in, say, Italy. Was it just that they spoke English? Well, yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Is it rather that... Is it a fair... I, I know where, you know, where most people are going to land. Well, if I say, what about if it's the Arthurian myth? What if that, you know, percolating in, the, in their lives? Uh, there are places in the UK where, which are pointed to, that is whatever, Glastonbury Grove or what have you from this legend. This is the place where it originated. These are the people. Did it matter that for it was, it was a war a war torn sort of period, right? That the young mind would have moved to such a space. Does that matter? I'm not, I'm not certain it does. I'm not certain that's the whole story. So as we were saying about Gilmore, he goes to the space and then finds something, finds an idea. It's like, damn, that's good. I like that. And holds on to it. He has pulled something out of nothing and he holds on to it. And maybe he gets together with the band later. Maybe that there already was a drum and bass or just other musical ideas. I wonder if I can attach this thing that I just grabbed to this extant thing such that in the end Gilmore is mostly it's note for note reproduction show to show 
there will be, you know, slight variations. And these are honestly due to fumbled fingers. Just a, a second, delay, you know, misstep. This is very interesting when you consider that there are frameworks not that difficult. Some are more complex, obviously. You can get as complex as you want, but there are frameworks for improvisational music. I'm not talking about jazz. I don't really give a shit about jazz. I'm talking about rock and roll. I'm talking about electricity. I'm talking about after say 1952 is it sacred space does it go to alt yeah 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 you're right that is all in play I'm just trying to trace out some type of understanding for myself why is it that despite all of the compute power available in your they call it a DAW it's basically a minor music studio that comes attached to every Mac you know or every you can download whatever version you want Pro Tools GarageBand there are many of them and you can or you know purchase little packages of patches various filters reverbs amp sounds whatever it's all there And the developers chase and chase and chase and chase some missing component. These guys are very thorough. This isn't like, well, dude, you're just missing like the, the ambient sounds of the room. And you can never recreate that. How do you get, you know, how do you recreate the overdriven amp given that it's like a variable voltage sort of thing happening in a vacuum tube? Uh they can they can come pretty goddamn close to all of this stuff so we're pushing well into the next chapter yeah 114 i'll leave it in your lap these logoi Imagine a new, another world. Imagine another world where you step into this one and though the two, you can never quite cleave them, as I'm suggesting to you. Philip K. Dick was right. Uh, whether or not you can get to the heart of it and, you know, uh, Josephus or some character is going to embody the pharmacy delivery lady and show up at your front door now that's another thing but it doesn't matter if at the edge of your consciousness um, is sacred time and battles wars have waged in this place what would be left what would be laying on the ground what would be I like emanating um right in that moment a clank I mean it, it's difficult with time 
to just to use this, these descriptors. It's just simply to say that block time convinces you of a certain trajectory of your life. Whereas it seems that throughout most of human history, uh, most the more organic, way, way, way more natural thing to do is to perceive it in this totally absolute schizoid way that I'm alluding to. So, fuck off. Once again, I'm sorry. I'm right. They're wrong. What do you want me to do about it? Just shut up? That just ain't how I'm made. We will return, my friends, soon for the rest and the exciting conclusion of the merriest fucking Christmas of them all. The 12 days of Warhorse Christmas. I hope you're well, and I hope this has been of some value to you. Oh yeah, by the way, if you want to get me a Christmas present, I want a P-Base. I want a Japanese P-Base. Rosewood neck, really don't care about the rest of it. But if you don't have a P-Base laying around that you want to give me, um, maybe you would pass this series, this free series, on to your friends or family members or anybody. Maybe just the bum on the side of the street. Maybe he's got five bucks that he wants to kick to old buddy Andy. Appreciate it. Adios.